on Brunch, we'll be featuring our guest of the week. These guests are often familiar voices on RTHK. Throughout the week, we'll get to know them a bit better. We'll find out about their childhood and hobbies and some of the defining moments of their lives. This week, I'm really pleased to be joined by renowned liver expert, Professor Lai Ching Lung. Professor Lai has been teaching at the University of Hong Kong for over 50 years, and he's well known for his in-depth study into hepatitis and all diseases related to the liver. But not only is he famous for his teaching and knowledge, but also his impeccable dress sense, which he says is well-loved by his patients and students. So this week, we'll be following his life story. Professor Lai, in yesterday's episode, we got to know a little bit more about your your dress sense, and then we, we got to know a bit about your hobbies, and you talked about Pokemon. Tell us about your addiction. Oh, it's really quite an addiction. It's just something fun. <laughs> Do you play every day? Of course. <laughs> Would you call that an addiction? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, because, for example, I've got a buddy who, who is uh, to, traveling together with me. I usually feed him f- regularly, and, and he gets so happy. Do you find, actually, this is actually a good way to get healthy. Before we started the interviews, we talked about exercising and, and, and you go hiking. Actually, playing Pokemon is a great way to move around uh, to catch the, the monsters. Used to be, but now they've got remote rate uh, since COVID. You don't have to. Used to be, I have to chase one of the stations, one or the other. Now I can just sit there. <laughs> this was pre-COVID times of of, of Yeah, ex- now COVID is raid. I get invited actually even from a stage in, in Spain and England almost every night. Every, all over the world to catch the Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about your other hobbies. What other hobbies do you have? Actually, my, I think my first hobby was actually reading, reading novels, and and then started and then I started to like plays, and then I started to really love Shakespeare. Oh, I love plays. I love I love Shakespeare. What's your favorite Shakespeare play? Uh, I would say two, either Hamlet or King Lear. Yes. They are so wow, so moving. Hamlet, yes, it's definitely. Uh, once I watched a play in the UK, and Hamlet was played by a lady. And oh. it was it was such an interesting take yeah. on yeah it was such an interesting take on 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 sort of gender representation mm-hmm. but the themes of course are universal so it doesn't yeah. matter if it's a woman or a man um, but yeah in Shakespeare's days it was all the women are by men, are uh, played by men <laughs> yes good point yes I do that's good why do you like Shakespeare so much because he's really great I actually I think he's got a great mind imagine him writing the the plays that. Really great, but um, part of the audience is only pays stands on the on the ground, painting very little. And but he he does write very very deep and good play, well plotted, etc. But it's mainly the poetry is also great. Yeah, absolutely, and I also think that the greatness about Shakespeare is he writes for everybody, the masses, yeah. for the elites, and also for yes. you know common people and yes, sort of just, timeless. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, what sorts of literature do you like? Because I remember in our first episode, you talked about you wanted to be a writer if you weren't a doctor. Yeah, well, my my first my first favorite was actually Charles Dickens. Yes. yes, and almost read every one of his novels. And then uh, Jane Austen yes. and Thomas Hardy. Yes. And then the Russians. Wow, I, I love Dostoevsky oh. and Tolstoy. And Tolstoy, yes. Wow, those are big books. Do you still sort of find the time to revisit these classics? I 
usually try to read new ones, actually. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> always on, reading the same ones. Yeah, but it's so good, actually. And then I started to like poetry after after Shakespeare. And then T.S. Eliot is another one of my favorite. Yeah, T.S. Eliot. We studied him a lot. Uh, the Wasteland. Um, yeah. That was that was a classic. And then though. Cats. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw the the play, not the, the musical, many times actually. Yeah. So you're into musicals and operas as well. When did that start? I actually, when I was reading books, and then also I like I like pictures, etc. So I knew a lot about sculptures, etc. The one thing that I don't, I also was reared up in Chinese uh, operas. And then I realized I I was so deficient in English, in foreign operas. Then I started to learn it actually when I was after graduation, and then I I really loved it. Yeah, it's yeah. something about um, literature that sort of transports you from the virtual, from the real world into a different world. And then, and then, <coughs> music. Just actually, last Sunday, last Saturday, I listened to Beethoven's Number Nine, and and then I remember it was in 1972 that I first heard it. It outside in the, in the hospital with in the cassette. Wow, it's really tremendous. Yeah. So was it very different listening? What, so you listened to it on the cassette first, and what did you listen to now? Now I would only listen to live performances. Otherwise, why do I need to go there? Do you find the time to go to concerts these days? Yes, 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 of course. But not uh, fortunately now uh, they are starting to have live concerts and also live operas in Hong Kong. I al- al- always attended the the Hong Kong operas. Yeah. Do you ever travel overseas for the many operas? Many times, many times. <laughs> <laughs> my my favourites are actually Glyndebourne. I don't know where you know. It's an opera house in southern England. And also Bayreuth, which is Wagner's uh, own... Uh, Wagner designed the whole thing for his own operas. Oh. And I also love uh, Verdi. And also, do you travel to Rome, for example, or Italy for their operas? It's very famous. Yes, Verona, actually. Um, I've never been to La Scala because they only open in December, and usually it's not my time for travel. But Verona and also Kleinborn, the festival, opera festivals are actually in summertime. Salzburg, too, is very expensive, Salzburg. Amazing. Um, I know now we're COVID times, but pre-COVID times, how how often do you go traveling? Uh, at least twice, if not three times every year. Yeah. And now I've been locked down in Hong Kong since I remember the 18th of um, January, 2020, when I came back from uh, Vietnam. Oh, wow. Lucky you went away right before COVID hit Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember actually. I did not. I only started wearing a mask after landing in Hong Kong. Were you worried at that time, knowing what? I mean, not knowing what you know now. Back then, were you very worried about COVID? Not exactly. I know that it spreads a lot, but then actually, influenza also spreads a lot. Yeah. So as long as we, you know, have good hand hygiene and yeah, and actually, I don't. I actually, what I don't quite understand is SARS actually was actually completely off the globe after less than six months. Yeah. Well, you're the doctor. <laughs> Pro- I don't Professor understand. Yeah. So is it completely wiped off the planet then? I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah. Every every part but, of the planet is actually being affected. Both, not only about death, but also about economy, etc. And I, as I said, I've been locked down in Hong Kong for more than two years now. Wow. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about 2003. 
um, Professor Lai, about SARS. And I mean, you, you worked in Queen Mary Hospital, so you you knew the front line. You were the front line as well. So we can talk about sort of mentality then, how people keep strong during those times. Fortunate, fortunate for me, I'm, I'm not infectious disease. Yes, so yes. So the, the front line uh, people, even now in the COVID, they have infectious disease persons yes, dealing yes. with it. Yes, yes. But you still had to see, you were still f- sort of front-facing to yeah, the patients. Yeah. 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 yeah, okay. Um, you worked extensively in hepatitis, uh, Professor Lai, and you mentioned that was sort of a good timing. What sorts of defining moments did you have in your career? First year, when I graduated, I was the first in the class and I was so happy. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you? And you always say you didn't study hard, and you I still. Didn't, I really didn't. Actually, the, the first the, um, in the first examination, I got the distinction in anatomy, uh, and that's uh, that's what I read uh, from the examination board. Um, and then on the next day, as someone was driving me into the um, the school, they started clapping, and then I realized I got the first prize in anatomy. Did you expect that? No, I don't. I just know. That I just knew that I had that distinction, but I don't know. <laughs> Did you have very good teachers as well? Uh, some of them, not all of them. <laughs> what were you like? Uh, did Did you ever challenge your teachers? No. Wow. Our teachers in those days they were very fierce. No. <laughs> okay. Do your students challenge you now? No, I don't think they did. <laughs> <laughs> So I suppose it's always like teachers and, and yeah. professors have like a a level of respect. Yes, <laughs> but then actually I'm, I I think I've previously told you I, I like to tease him. They, they very often laugh. <laughs> Um, well, moving on to something a bit more serious, and we talked about how SARS, um, well, the, the SARS that we knew in two thousand and three, no longer really exists. I haven't really seen any examples of it. Um, but thinking, but casting your mind back to 2002, 2003, when you were working at Queen Mary Hospital, how real was the fear for everyone in the hospital? Uh, of course, we, we are all quite uh, not fear, uh, fearful, but just very careful. And then <clears throat> one of my classmates actually died from SARS. He, he was an ENT doctor. Oh, so, uh, but, but then actually, suddenly, actually, with the wearing of masks and also hand hygiene, etc., it disappeared. Yeah, because I, yeah. I remember I remember I was um, at school at that time um, and everybody was very careful when they were pressing the lifts. Yeah. Everybody was using their key. Yeah, the same as now. <laughs> yes, actually, you're right, full circle. But I think hand hygiene wasn't... I mean, we didn't have hand sanitizers before, carrying hand sanitizers. No, no and it wasn't... Yeah, we weren't so sort of savvy about yeah. that. Yeah, as far as I remember, the, one of the infectious disease person told me that the SARS disappeared mainly because we were we wore masks. But then we we are wearing masks all the time now. When will COVID disappear? This virus is so smart; it keeps sort of uh, yeah, evolving. But it, kept, it gets weaker and weaker, though. The the mutants get weaker. I hope sincerely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hope so. Yeah, that's what they say that the virus will will um, evolve. Weaken and weaken, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but more contagious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yes, more contagious and weaker. But also, I think everyone should really accept the vaccines. That it, I mean, yeah, I think I was saying that I got vaccinated even when I was pregnant. And yeah. when I got COVID, Good for you. thank you so much. And the, the, the symptoms were so mild. I didn't even have a fever. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept expecting to get a fever, but I did have a sore throat. So. Yeah, because you have antibodies already against the infection. 
Exactly. I think everyone should be vaccinated. Yeah. Why are people so reluctant to get vaccinated, do you think? I don't know. Actually, they seem to harp on the side effects of the vaccine, except that it's quite well proven they are much more effective than harmful. Exactly. I think the only real side effect that you get from a vaccine is just like the pain from the injection because yeah. I'm just scared of the injection. But that's nothing compared yeah. to... Actually, even for, for me, it's not even very painful. It is painful, but only lasting for one day. Exactly. Yeah, just on the site. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know some people have more uh, serious reaction, but fever, etc. But still, you, if you get flu or COVID, you will get fever. <laughs> Exactly, and you'll get quite sick as well. Right, so we talked a little bit more about some of the defining moments. Finally, let's turn to sort of your advice, your pearls of wisdom. Um, you've been oh, teaching no, for, <laughs> for over 50 years now. What sorts of advice do you have for your students? I think actually they tend to not remember things. This is what I tell them. I keep on saying no knowledge is useless, and they have to, to use the knowledge logically. Um, Somehow, I don't know why they seem not to remember things. Obviously, empathy too. But then empathy, as I said, cannot really be taught. So um, this is what I hope I, I will, as an example, they will hope they will follow me. Yeah. And do you have a motto or a philosophy that you live your life by? Not exactly. I am not that philosophical. <laughs> you, with all the literature and, and, and all the novels that you Maybe read? Maybe I read too much. So. <laughs> but you seem to be a person that really enjoys life to the fullest, Professor Lung. And I think you've got so many different types of hobbies as well. Like, you're not completely nerdy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. So you have, like, lots of different interests as well. Yes. Yeah. Except that I don't exercise. <laughs> Everybody should Except me. You're a doctor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, but you must do a little bit of exercise. Or do you eat very well? And not really, actually. Uh, I'm not a good example. <laughs> but I really don't like exercise. Even I remember in DBS, they pay a lot of attention to exercise. And I, my T, T, uh, PD, PE teacher didn't really quite like me. I usually, If there's a, a race running, I usually am the, near the last well, you know, you, you, you can't be, you can't excel in everything. So you excelled in your studies. So maybe PE was just not a subject <laughs> for you then. I just don't like exercise. But uh, hiking, oh, hiking because I cannot travel. Otherwise, now I know, know a lot of places in Hong Kong that I've never been to. Yeah, you're right. I think a few weeks ago, I went to Lai Ziwa. I'd yeah. never been there before, and it's amazing. It's you, you, There are only uh, two boats that goes there every day. Uh, well, actually, two boats. One at 9 o'clock to go there, and then one at 3.30 to come back to Mali or so. And yeah. it takes one and a half hours I, I on the boat. I have been there. Is it beautiful? It's very beautiful. Um, it's uh, it's quite hot, but you can walk from Laiziwa to Gatngo Kat O. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's kind of amazing because it's a very old sort of um Hakka um Hakka yeah. village um but i got to say the boat ride is one and a half hours and and sometimes it's so full that you have to stand so get to the get to the um pier earlier in Mali or so and and you can take yeah, one and I'll a half try. hours i'll try i'll take your advice i really recommend it yes and um maybe wait till it's not so hot yeah i know yeah last week i went to the um Qingyi. Oh, well, yeah. it's great actually i like Qingyi a lot yeah the ne- uh, the, the what do you call it? The nature, nature um, 
um, reserve, uh, the, the country park there. Yeah. Is there a country park? There's think? a garden, uh, yeah. but also the, what I was talking about actually is there's a trail. Yeah, the nature trail. Yeah. It's, it's quite easy. Yeah. Uh, but wow, I was sweating like mad actually. But hiking is good. It's a good alternative for those of us who can't travel. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Professor Lai, thank you so much for sharing your life story with our listeners. I really enjoy talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you.